that's what I always tell my team that we should be able to move and we should be able to do things at a drop of a hat that we have to be resourceful all the time that um, we can't just wait for things to be perfect before we start. You're listening to Wicked Thoughts, a podcast by Flair Castro. This show is dedicated to helping founders and professionals understand business trends, social media, digital lifestyle, and how to be a better entrepreneur. Let's start learning in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to Wicked Thoughts. I'm your host, Flair Castro, and with me is my co-host for this season, Miss Coney Barrientos Carey. Hi, Miss Coney. Hi, Miss Flair. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Wicked Thoughts. It is such an honor to co-host with Miss Flair Castro. And it is my honor to have you here. We've been um talking about this like when you would be able to co-host with me with the show right <laughs> i know it was even before the pandemic miss when i first met you and we started talking about it and like things happened and here we are finally after finally months. right <laughs> yeah so i remember um that was last year we planned to have a show and mm-hmm. then i had to buy this microphone like this yeah. in the middle of a pandemic it was quite hard to purchase one i would tell you I remember Ayala, we were not allowed to go to Ayala. That was one. Uh, For one, we couldn't go to the mall. She couldn't go to stores. There was nothing at all. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So it was a challenge. But at least right now, we're ready. We have Mm -hmm. our our show up. We have our, our, um, you know, a whole setup ready so hopefully (laughs) this will be this will be an interesting season for us. So thank you. Now we proceed to our discussion. Like we said, uh, we would take a moment to thank our sponsors. I will mention them here. Our very own 30 Media, a boutique social media and digital agency right here in Cebu. And of course, we have Aleph Talent Solution, a consulting firm that helps you scale your business effectively and efficiently. Of course, the president and owner would be Ms. Coney. <laughs> and then we have Grow Libro from Ian Tusil, our partner, an invoicing platform for small businesses. And then we have content-app. This is an app that helps you create social media calendars better. And in fact, that's what we're using to plan this podcast. And to our podcast partner, the company. So I'm in the company (laughs) right now. This is our favorite co-working space right here in Cebu. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to mention the code that you can use so that you can get your four-hour free trial right here at the co-working space. Now, for our viewers and listeners on the show, so we are live on Facebook. We're also recording this on OBS. We're recording this on Zoom. Every other platform that we can record this so that uh, later on you can hear it on the podcast and also perhaps later on on YouTube and our Patreon, right? So we got everything covered. (laughs) Right. So for our listeners and viewers of the show to know more about you, Miss Coney, I would like to ask Mm -hmm. if you could describe your personal brand or Aleph's brand in a few sentences, what would it be? I'd definitely say I am and we are agile. Um, we, as a team, like that's what I always tell my team, that we should be able to move and we should be able to do things at a drop of a hat, that we have to be resourceful all the time, that um, we can't just wait for things to be perfect before we start. That's why like... Um, th- 
we are very known to be very um, efficient with recruiting. And I always tell our clients that if you need people, just give me the details. I can have people for you within two days at latest. Because that's how fast we are. So literally, we move fast and break things. It's like and I think to say, but... Yes, that's what we are. <laughs> and I would tell you ahead because I always recommend you to friends who are looking for help with their recruitment. Oh, like you, I tell Mr. them, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, I mean, I tell them, okay, you can go to Miss Coney. She's really well known in the recruitment and the talent acquisition and retention industry because that's what you do. You're really good at it, right? It's which is, goodness. yeah, which is what we're going to talk about this um, afternoon for a live stream episode and it will generally be the theme of our whole season right so it's Mm -hmm. going to be about recruitment and tech so let's get on with that how will hiring change for tech in 2021 for tech hiring definitely not just tech for for everyone we need people with more skills so the more skills you are the better um People might say like, okay, that doesn't make sense because you have to specialize in something. Yes, you have to specialize in something, but you should be able to pivot and move. Remember 2020, like pivot was a word of 2020, right? It's like um, every other day, somebody says pivot or every other hour. It's like, if you don't pivot, you're dead. Like literally, if you don't pivot, Mm -hmm. you are dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you need to have a specialization. You need there has to be a thing that you're known for and you're good at, but you need to be able to do everything, which is basically what HR people are expected to do. Although we are expected to do employer relations and recruitment, right. at the end of the mm-hmm. day, we need to know businesses like the back of our hands. Because if something happens, like the pandemic, for example, mm-hmm. we need to know how to save companies. Because um, it's very important that we're able to, to do that. And that's what hiring managers and companies will be looking for. DevOps, full stack developers. Mm-hmm. You need to be all around. You need to be able to do everything. You need to be flexible. And as I mentioned earlier, you need to be agile. Um, you cannot be pigeonholed in one skill only because that will be the death of you. Right. You need to make yourself indispensable. Right. And I'm just curious, uh, Ms. Coney, because you mentioned that 2021 will be all about agility, right? It's being, you know, being able to move that fast. Mm -hmm. But I'm just curious because I wasn't able to talk to you about it. Like, how did you do the pivot thing um, in the last, in 2020, right? Because everyone was like, surprised with how big or how huge the changes were that year especially for people transitioning into working from home and all Mm -hmm. that stuff so how was it for you looking back 2020 2020 was kind of a weird well it was weird for everyone not just for (laughs) for for us but ironically it was like end of 2019 i was already telling my team we're going to be working Mm -hmm. from home because Mm -hmm. we were we planned to buy our own office uh, and that's put on hold for now because it doesn't make sense right now. So True. we were like, okay, let's let's move, work from home in the meantime while we're waiting for the office to get finished. So, you know, we cut back on expenses. So it was the smartest thing to do. We didn't expect that March of 2020, everybody will have to work from home. So before everyone else started working from home, we already were. We got prepared for that. And then a, a month later, April, it was the scramble 
right. for our clients to put everyone at home, send mm-hmm. PCs at home. Everybody like has to have a setup at home. So it became an easy transition for us because we did it early. Right, so that's true. It wasn't it it wasn't so hard for us because that's how I always told my team like I don't expect my team to report to the office eight hours a day. You come in for four hours, I'm good with that. Give me the numbers, give me the productivity. That's all I ask for. You can work wherever you want. So that's I always like because I don't need someone who's at the office for eight hours a day and does true. not give me the output. Right, right, and because it, it doesn't make sense. I like you, like we, we employers, we pay for output, we pay for productivity, and mm-hmm. I don't like it when businesses force people to have to to stay for eight hours because one, a lot of them are not working; they're just right. probably watching YouTube, and <laughs> yeah, so, and you're paying for nothing. That is not cost efficient. And then in in our case, I, in my case, like I do travel and I'm like all over the place because we are a very small company and I like being a small company. Mm-hmm. I like um, the maximum probably that will ever be is like 50 people and that's it. I'm not going beyond that. Um, the the beauty of being a small company is when shit hits the fan. I'm sorry for my French miss. <laughs> it's it's easy to pivot and it's easy to survive because that you is just true. Have a small yeah. team to worry about. And I think we also have to um, update how we think about what a successful company is. Because before, mm-hmm. people would think that, okay, a successful company is a big company with buildings, with lots of right? marketing. Yeah, That's marketing true. Ex- just out um, a lot of employees. It's not that. At the end of the day, it's your 1701. It's how much money you made and how much money you put in the bank. It's not about how big the team is, right. how productive your team is. Mm. And I super agree with that because um, I think for four years we have been maintaining an office. Yeah. And like I mentioned to you, right? Like it didn't make sense for us to keep that space exactly. when in fact it I, was I think just... I that was one of our first you know, right? conversations. Yes, like, exactly. We talked when, about like, that. We were having oh. tea. That was, and then you <laughs> asked me like, Ms. Connie, what do you think about like having an office? And my first thing that I said was, Miss, it's actually okay. It doesn't matter if you have an office or not. Like what matters is again how productive you are, and that's why. Like, if you say social media marketing, the first thing that is mentioned is Flair Castro and Thirteen. <laughs> you don't need an office; it's your brand. You can be anywhere and everywhere, and clients will come to you. I agree with that. Uh, a lot of times, office is mere branding. It is for branding. Oh. And then it's actually funny that you mentioned about branding because sometimes people come to me and then they expect like a, one huge team. And then I would tell them, yeah. you know, it's just me actually, you know. <laughs> and a couple of guys. Here, <laughs> some guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some really good service providers, mind you, because mm-hmm. I choose them. And partners. I mainly work with partners right now. So I just tell them jokingly, you know, perhaps I'm just good at branding, you know. <laughs> and it's like, honestly, what you're doing now, you just have partners and you have like a few yep. people. That's mm-hmm. very smart. Again, right. like the, the goal of business is to have low overhead and high True. returns. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. Like, there are companies and like... It, that was my hobby like last December, like uh-huh. December of 2020, like, you know, pandemic. I'm like, oh my God, they actually have the nerve to party. They still have money. That was how I was thinking. <laughs> like, 
really you still have money you can like still companies throw away are money? still hosting yeah parties? exactly i'm like really? still have parties like wow man like <laughs> like i didn't expect that from a lot of my clients because like the yeah a lot of my clients are major bpos and i could really say that they were all tapped out they had to provide they had to house people in hotel smiths and you can just yeah i heard about that mm-hmm. you had to um they had to give them um internet allowance extra internet allowance and had mm-hmm. to pay for internet infrastructure because mm-hmm. everybody was working from home mm-hmm. and there were clients as well that they had to give they not had to they decided to give groceries and we're not just talking about 15 20 people we're talking about a thousand two thousand people and so, i'm wondering oh, about that yeah so obviously <laughs> they did not have parties anymore because it doesn't make sense <laughs> but you see other companies much smaller companies not as you know not as known and not as big and they're still throwing parties i'm like yeah you still have money wow good for you <laughs> yeah but i tell you i think online parties during like end of 2020 like everyone had their offline parties like you mentioned yes, yes. they had the the resource to do that mm-hmm. but i was actually part of a team where all their party was virtual like we did a, a virtual christmas party and actually made sense because i think that turned out to be fun yeah, yeah it was cute it was fun it was like a flex mm-hmm. for the others that it can actually be done remote it work is, can actually is. be fun that's what, right? perfect like that's you know like the good thing about There's always, you know, a silver lining despite everything. The good thing about the pandemic is that finally we have been campaigning for virtual processing for years. And companies would not be like, "Oh no, we want the candidates to come to the office because face-to-face interviews are always better." Like, lo and behold, you don't have much choice now, do you? <laughs> so So, and the good thing is, at least we don't have um, fallouts. Everybody finally attends interviews and nobody misses interviews because they don't have an excuse anymore. Before, people would be like, I'm sorry, Miss, I was not able to make it. because of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm Max. familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, so funny now, like, finally, we've wanted this for years and people refused to do it because they were so traditional. They were like, oh, we really want people to come to the office. But that's, given the situation, nobody has a choice. You have to do it. That's true. And it's actually one thing that I want to retain. Like if everything is going to go back to normal, this is the new normal that I don't mm-hmm. want to change. Like online. Likewise, I know that right? feels nice. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's saves so much time. Exactly. I don't have to travel. Yeah. I don't have mm-hmm. to go through the thick traffic here in Cebu, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. There are, there are a lot of things that can actually be done remotely yeah now speaking of you mentioned a while ago that you know you have these these uh, KPIs this is how mm-hmm. you would um, track the productivity of your team I'm not sure if you've heard of it but it is is it something new like have you heard of OKRs I honestly miss like I have I've seen that but really gotten into it so it's kind of new to me it's probably yeah. an old thing but it's new to me Yeah, yeah. I'm used to KPIs. I haven't, I haven't heard of or like yeah. seen K- OKRs. It's actually the new thing right now. Like everyone's setting their OKRs, like objectives and then key results. And mm-hmm. some of the the startups in our mm-hmm. industry, right? They've been setting OKRs for their teams and then they set it per quarter, have it rolled out. And that's the basis of productivity for your mm-hmm. team. So maybe it's something um, uh, that will happen in 2021. Like we're not looking at the total, you know, business as usual KPIs, but eventually go to the key results, right? The key results that Definitely. is expected 
of an informational worker. That makes sense because the traditional KPI would include attendance. Yeah. So how are you going to judge attendance when people are not going to the office anymore? So I think that makes sense that it's about key results. What do you bring to the table? That's what it's all about. It's it's yeah. like literally how productive are you? It's not just you being there. Because sometimes, although physically there, your mind is not in it or your heart is not at what you do. So I think that right. makes more sense. Uh, do you also use, um, let's say, okay, you mentioned traditional KPIs, you know, the usual tracking your time. Mm-hmm. And I know right now, like if I'm, like I'm managing several teams and then, how you measure productivity is the number of hours that you put in a certain task, right? Mm-hmm. Or a certain uh, project. And you are opening all these different apps, tracking your time, making sure that you're productive. Do you also do that for the people? Oh, no, miss. I, like tracking time is so micro, it's such a micromanager. Exactly. Yep. I, I never do that. Like that only scares my team. <laughs> oh, no, I will never do that. I will, you know what I do? Like, just check, okay, how many people did you endorse today? At the end of the day, like, yeah. okay, these are the number of hires. So that's all that matters to me. Um, so our, if the client has any complaints or if the client is getting the people endorsed, the people that they require are getting um, hired. So I'm not going to complain. At the end of the day i'm still going to look at okay listed in the spreadsheet i just take a look at the spreadsheet i check if they were able to put at least five names there and i don't care how many hours they put in they can work one two hours for all i care as long as the numbers are there. <laughs> right now we also want to take a peek at that spreadsheet right <laughs> we want to see uh from your point of view what are the top uh, you mentioned devops what was yeah. that Full um, stack developer, full stack. What are the marketing, other... e-commerce yeah. people? Yeah. definitely. So, what are the other um, top skills that we should look out for or positions? Let's say digital marketing. For Miss, thank you so mm-hmm. much for teaching me. I didn't realize how difficult digital marketing is when you taught me where to find the <laughs> the demographic. <laughs> demographics were in Facebook I'm like oh crap Facebook is so hard so imagine yeah. leave it to professional space it, it's like <laughs> Facebook marketing is not just posting stuff and like hoping it will fly it's not that it's more than that because like it gets annoying because you have people like saying oh I can do social media marketing oh no you can't <laughs> <laughs> it really does take skill a lot of skill and a lot of um wise judgment because it's not easy that's for sure and you can't just keep throwing money because at the end of the day we're all about organic reach that's true that's true and that's one thing that i always um i think i've mentioned it to you right like one of the reasons why i don't want to hire so much because it's not my i don't think it's my forte like going through people's names their resumes their skills sorting through it it's something that you are really an expert in right so I, what are I have some... to get used to it yeah it's like 14 years of doing it I don't have a choice so so you like maybe <laughs> yeah you have that instinct whether like just looking at the resume you'd be able uh, to yeah say... I do like you know what I do miss like I don't okay first thing like I never look at the name because there's such a oh. thing bias really okay yes. <laughs> there's a name bias um some people there are recruiters that are actually like um, biased against name. So let's say if a person has, you know, a number at the end, for example, like let's say 
let's say somebody called um, Democrito John Christian Mendoza the third or something. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like probably listening is a friend of mine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say somebody who is named like that. There are companies who refuse to hire rich kids because oh. they feel that these kids, uh, these people are not going to work hard and they're always going to have a fallback. Mm. So, okay. yeah, that's name bias. That's why I never look at the name. Some people How about the that. gender? The gender. Yeah, what happens. Um, uh, we have a particular client before. We were hiring for an engineering position and we had a great candidate and I can like really bet my neck how good she was with her experience mm-hmm. and all. Refused to hire her because she's female. Oh, that's crazy. And it's an engineering job. So uh-huh. I got them. So I, it's one of the major companies in the Philippines, one of the biggest companies in the Philippines. Oh, we should drop their names. Yeah. <laughs> one of the biggest companies in the Philippines. I'm like, sure, I will never work with you again. <laughs> oh, no. So it does exist, I'm right? Like, it's so weird. Like, how can you be biased against a female when you're dealing with me, the president of a company you wanted to hire for you, and I'm also a female? Like, <laughs> you don't seem to see the irony of it all. So, like, I'm still like, I'm friends. We are friends with all of our candidates. Like, we treat, mm. like, they become family. We are very protective of them. We don't just like endorse them, and that's it. We always fund them hubs that we endorse them to. So if they're not happy, we're like, do you want us to endorse you elsewhere? Yeah. So we get really protective mm-hmm. of that. Like typical recruitment, recruitment, recruit uh, relationship. So we're more like talent agents, like celebrity talent agents, like how they deal with their talent. So like we also put ourselves in their shoes. Like if you're not happy with um, where we are, we would also appreciate it if somebody was looking out for us. So that's what we do. We look out for our talents. Right. And I'm also interested, like, aside from, okay, the next step, let's say you look at the resume and then you're able to interview them. Would you be able to immediately like, understand their soft skills just based on your assessments? And what kind of assessments do you do? I'm curious. Like initially, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are very good on paper. They look very good on paper. That's mm. why I don't trust resumes because even to say I'm good at this, I'm good at that, I'm skilled at this and that, mm-hmm. or you know. So that's why I really like skills tests or problem solving tests mm. or situational questions because that's where you find out how good someone really is. Yeah, and also I remember when I was doing the hiring, I was able to go through a book that suggested uh, top grading as a recruitment um, strategy wherein you ask like really personal, I don't know if it's personal, but it's more like how you behave in certain situations. Oh yeah, definitely. So for example, things like, questions like, okay, how do you keep yourself calm in Mm. a busy situation like what what's keeping you busy these days what are your hobbies things like that do you still ask these kinds oh yeah we do because that will also tell you what kind of person you're dealing with um future um actions and how they normally do it so like when you ask questions like that um you do find people who are kind of off or Hmm people who you don't want to work with for example as you mentioned so what keeps you busy and if you have someone who just says oh i just like watch tv <laughs> um oh, that's a red flag huh? like, okay not necessarily a red flag <laughs> i'd say like that's middle of the road like okay you're you're average but 
if you have someone, what do you do on your free time? And that person says, oh, I like um, learning new skills. Like, okay, this person's going to be flexible and this is really determined. <laughs> so I definitely hire this person. Right. And okay, so going back, hiring for tech, you mentioned yesterday during a run that you were able to hire someone like a 23-year-old kid and yeah. being able to command as much as how is that 200 oh 200 my god grand. that really surprised me like, like what is mm, what is that position like what that was a that was actually a developer it was a c-sharp.net developer huh so maybe and we should he was really good miss now. was really really good and he started coding when he was very young and mm-hmm. this kid was interviewed by also a cutting-edge developer like the former top engineer at skype and amazon so obviously the interviewer knew what he was doing mm-hmm. and then we like endorsed like more than 50 imagine it's more than 50 developers and these are seasoned developers and they didn't make it and this kid who's 23 years old just goes okay we want to hire this kid and then we ask him how much do you want 200k oh gosh he knew Did you he say knew yes he to was that good Nah, I would have said yes, but our client said no. They figured like, oh, it's oh. too expensive because like, <laughs> like it's like U.S. rate for for him. But, um, so in the, the you know in the first place, they wanted to come to Cebu, thinking like, okay, maybe developers will not be that's as true. expensive because of our cost of living. And then you have a mm-hmm. kid commanding 200k. So if that's the case, they might as well stay in the U.S. <laughs> so <laughs> it might hi- they just hire a U.S. developer at that rate, right? Oh, right, like. 200k but um they although he's good he's worth that but they didn't hire him because they also had but a budget but the kid right now is i believe he's working with another company um he's working um home-based but he's mm-hmm. getting the pay that he's always demanded oh and he's happy but he's really sure. good but he's, he's really really good like <laughs> without a doubt right and now like everyone goes to cebu right um cebu's become the well what we call that the melting pot, right? Yes, oh, you're a melting pot. All the talent from people, you know, located or based in, let's say, Mindanao or Visayas. Once they graduate, they usually like top of their minds. They would say, let's go to Cebu. Let's look for work there. Um, How is the situation here in Cebu in terms of like talent, availability, we, you know, supply do. and demand? <laughs> yeah, we do have lots. Yeah, supply and demand miss. We have supply. Um, the problem is the quality of the supply is not oh. what the demand is looking for. So there is a mismatch. So although we have a lot of, of people in Cebu City, the quality that we need is not there. So that's what we're worried about. What's the problem here? Why do you think we're not up to par? Um, comms communication skills wise that's one. Oh. <laughs> um, unfortunately, average is good, but we also we if you like I, I i think people don't understand because like there are people without us without you know um self awareness before you expect higher pay people need to understand that you you need to be skilled and you need to have um uh, skills that companies are looking for because companies will be way if you have what they're looking for so an average call center agent will let's say um earn about 15 to 17 because that's an average English speaker by average English speaker that would be like with a thick accent with um, grammatical errors from time to time but they can speak but if mm-hmm. you want a near native speaker which is really difficult to find in Cebu City apparently and these people can command about 35 to 40k so fresh out of high school right 
And, and you mentioned, unfortunately, we don't mm-hmm. have that many of them going around. And like, for example, if your clients for like CSR, right? This is CSR. Yeah. Um, if they're looking for someone like, let's say, okay, I want people who know how to speak, let's say Mandarin or Spanish, yeah. for example. Honestly, every time like I get that requirement, I get the heart attack. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have many, but we're like, yeah, we can do it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> blindly like, say, yeah, we can do it. But I swear, finding them is um, hard because, number one, they're going to be really expensive because, again, they know they're good. They know they're in demand. A lot of them have already um, migrated to Manila, for example, because there are more companies there that um, hire Mandarin speakers. Um, I'm glad that I still have Zamboanga to bank on, but... <laughs> Even that, Zamboanga is becoming a very small pool because a lot of them are also flying to Manila. So I was kind of like, I hope Cebu works on our talents, our talent pool, that we improve the communication skills um, and we also teach other languages. I mean, I have nothing against um, national pride. Like, I'm all for national pride. Good for you. Proud to be Filipino. Whatever. But I just don't think that it's necessary to teach subjects in Filipino. Right? It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Like, okay, you are not going to be a global citizen speaking in Filipino. You will be, however, if you speak three languages, English, Mandarin, and Spanish. So choose one. <laughs> like, that's an that's interesting like, it is like, honestly, I kind of hate myself because like my dad and my grandparents spoke Spanish and I never took that seriously and Um, I'm like I should have spoken Spanish with them and then now it's like you know that's like an opportunity that just like went out the window so (laughs) I should have spoken like spoken Spanish like sometimes we wish like our parents had been more strict and forced (laughs) us to be fluent although like yeah I can still understand it but Oh no! I, I there's no way in hell I will pass for uh, Spanish CSR. Okay, now going back to like let's say outsourcing because I know a lot of your clients are mostly from abroad, right? Yes. Now, yes. if we have let's say a business owner here in Cebu, right here in Cebu, they want to join the tech community. They want to build their own startup. They want to transition into tech, right? Is that even possible for those who are from traditional and? you know, going into tech, looking for people, hiring? It is, this, but it's going to be very difficult. First things first, they really have to let go of, you know, the traditional way of thinking. Um, especially, like, I think we talked about it, like family businesses and how difficult True. it is. They're so ingrained in hiring friends. I hate that. Um, hiring <laughs> people that they know. High government. It's very <laughs> <laughs> Nepotism and government. It's it's very traditional. Like if they want to transition to tech and startups, they have to number one, really hire based on skills and based on knowledge and not based on connections and based on who they know. It has to be based on what that person knows. So it has to be objective. And yeah, they have to be agile. You have to be okay with being flexible and you have to be okay with being able to do several jobs at the same right, time. Right, that's true. So yes, one person, that's why I love startups because I love the agility and how exciting it is. So in startups, you're one person, but you're doing the jobs of several people. Traditional companies, you have five people for one job. So it becomes <laughs> unnecessary. 
and expensive. So it yeah, layers sense. and layers of jobs, right? It's... And hierarchies, and it's insane. Like the the more hierarchical an organization is, the more problematic because it takes forever to just you know change and respond to changes. And if you want to really thrive and really survive as a business or a company, you need to be responsive to changes. Right. And I think that's one challenge, let's say, of the traditional business, like you said, right? I mean, they're used to all these processes and then it takes so long. And sometimes, yeah. And then you still have to convince them that, hey, I think this is the type of talent that we need in order to produce this kind of work, right? Like your requirement. But then sometimes they would come back to you and then they would say, "Um, I need this done. I want to see your product. I want to see this business launch and I want to see results. Basically, they're saying they want the return of their investment. Let's say you're working Mm -hmm, with an angel investor, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not familiar with tech. They come to you. Mm -hmm. They want you to work on something. But sometimes it's hard to explain to them how it what happens in the tech industry. That's why like, like, if you, that's why I really like bootstrapping. Right, true. <laughs> I don't My want investors because, like, <laughs> I love bootstrapping because you don't have to like explain to an investor what goes on because it's just you. Like when I started Aleph, I bootstrapped basically. It was just my mm-hmm. last pay. I cashed in my insurance oh. policies because I like what like, I was. I started like spending on insurance very young, uh, so. I kept saving and then that's what I used to start. And then my dad said, because like, you know, I was like, my pride was there. And I was like, I oh. don't, don't worry, dad. I don't need your help. And then eventually <laughs> I realized, okay, your help would be great. <laughs> so my, my dad helped out. Yeah. Like, but as much as possible, you bootstrap. And if there's a business person out there, or if you want to start a business and you need an in- investor for it choose your investor wisely your investor needs to understand what you're doing that's true from the otherwise it will not work agree i agree so now realistically speaking miss coney i want to know what are your actual like let's say job openings like at this moment Right now, Miss, like we're really yeah. trying in um, digital marketing and oh. digital, yeah, digital marketing and I can apply requirements. <laughs> yes. So e-commerce requirements, Amazon. What I've uh-huh. noticed, Miss, is that in Cebu we don't have many Amazon um, FBA specialists, huh? Mm-hmm. And that is super in demand. Like we get on average like five demands every week for that an FBA specialist, uh, product sourcer. Uh, sourcing specialist, a product lister, everything right. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon is just growing like in, insanely. Right. So, and what I've noticed is that if I wanted an Amazon FBA person, I need to look for people in Central Luzon or Southern Tagalog. So are we so, saying? We don't yeah, have I, a lot of Cebu people doing that. And I think there should be more Cebu people doing that. Right? That's e-commerce. I think everyone yes. would be, you know, easily... They, we can easily transition into e-commerce, but super yeah. nice. like people have already been doing like uh, social media marketing, right? True, and like we did that. Like time to transition to e-commerce because it's related. You cannot do e-commerce effectively if you cannot do social media marketing. That's true, and I know you have your own e-commerce store. How was your oh, yeah. experience with that? <laughs> yeah. Can you share with us that story? <laughs> oh yeah, this thing, like it's. Um, we, we mentioned like when we were talking about it, like how did we deal with the pandemic? 
because it was really hard. So my husband Simon like told me like, okay, sweetheart, like here's a Udemy class that you can take, so you don't notice that everything else is falling apart outside. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Because <laughs> so, yeah, that was like yeah, so. So because like there was a time is that I was just upset every day, and I'm sure you've noticed that like with the news in Cebu City, that Cebu City has to be on lockdown. Cebu City has no queue passes. Cebu City this, Cebu City that, like. It was just frustrating because a city that I love and have always been proud of, and supposedly the one of the richest cities, the Philippines, just went downhill, and it was sad. So I needed something to um, to do. So I don't yeah. think about that. So I took the Shopify class, and it really did change my life. And I'm like, I should have learned Shopify early on. And I um in retail. With a brick and mortar store, I think everybody would really do better if they have a Shopify store. Again, everybody needs to transition to e-commerce because that's where we are right now. Since so, we can go out, that's true. And I think the lowest hanging fruit is to really start your own projects, right? Is this the exactly. easiest way to transition into tech and e-commerce? Yeah, exactly. Miss, find what you love. Find what you're passionate about, and in my case, since I I meditate to ground myself, so I, I do a lot of smudging. So I light incense every morning. So like that's that's my alone time. So basically, as I said, you don't exactly pray. You just like think what you want to do <laughs> for the day. So that's what I do. And apparently, um, if you check again data. Check mm-hmm. data, research. If you check Etsy, and Etsy is amazing for handmade, all creative stuff. So they have a report. What mm-hmm. um, what niche markets are like really booming? So you need to find a niche market to exploit. So niche market would be self care, of course. Anything sure. working from home. So if you can create, you know, something that will make working from home comfortable. That is in fashion now. That will definitely sell, and something unique and funny and handmade. That are the those are the niche the the niche markets that you can exploit. So that's why we started um, selling the smudge sticks in the incense, and then we ended up Simon ended up finding this um, incense maker from Nepal. From Nepal, yeah. Yes, I it's a small updates. business company. Yeah, it's a small bu- It's a small family business. It's a small family business, so they're just helping their neighbors as well make the incense. Ah, uh, it's a whole community, it's right? A whole community. It's, basically, what you're doing is building a social enterprise. Yes, that, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I've always been passionate about, Miss. Anyway, like a social enterprise, and right. Um, I love their products. It smells good. It's all organic. It's all natural, and it's really beautiful. And then we were really touched when they sent us an email in December, like for Christmas, and they said that um, our support means so much to them. And um, the fact that they're seeing that their incense are selling well is giving them the encouragement that they need to keep going. So, you know, like you get a message like that, what started as a passion project, something as, you know, something that I did to not notice that things are falling apart is actually helping other people. So that's what we want to put to be to make it a lifestyle brand. So now we're working with a company called a small business called um, Olive and Coco. Um, mm-hmm. Farina Jane Lim, um, the owner, she makes handmade soap. So she does it. Every, she does everything alone. Wow. She makes handmade soap. She makes candles. Um, so 
we're looking forward to that and we're really excited. So at least that's also something that would help her with, with her business. So I think we need each other as a community to For pull sure. together um, to yeah. survive this. Because although 2020 was bad, we will not see the effect until this year. Yes, Last I'm year not- was when we were crashing. This year <laughs> is when we pick up the debris. So we don't know the effects until this year. So mm-hmm. it should always be community over competition. So we need to support each other. And that's how we want to do our part. Like really help artisans and artists and other small businesses that really suffered um, to um, survive. And, that's and true. So aside from, let's say, building your own business, uh, doing recruitment for your own startup, I think for this year, it should be, you know, if last year was hustle hard, 2021 would be hustle harder. Definitely. (laughs) That's true. So yeah, I think uh, it's about time that we wrap up. We were able to talk about a lot of things about hiring, recruitment (laughs) for tech. But if you could summarize it, Miss Coney, into one word or phrase, what would it be? For 2021, Miss? Yes, Um, that's right. 2021, Mm. my word for 2021 is my word for our brand, which is agility. It's the only way for you to survive. Right. Yes. And so I guess that's about it. Thank you again, Miss Coney. You were an awesome guest today. And I'm also and looking you next forward. Week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, next week we will have hopefully other guests who will talk about really focus more on hiring and recruitment and tech. And we will revolve the show around that. Don't worry. So hopefully our guests would be on board with us today. So I guess let's ra- let's wrap it up, right? So thank you to our sponsors again, our very own Thirty Media and Miss Coney's Aleph Talent Solutions. We have Grow Libro. Thank you so much for your support. Content Dash. Thank you. And to our podcast partner, the company, our venue for recording today. So if you want to visit their place here, you can use the code FLAIR. So that's the weird spelling, of course, <laughs> like the F-L-E-I-R-E, right? So you can you can come in here, you can visit them and then tell them my name, Flair, and you can use their site for free, free hours, uh, four hours of trial on their regular days. You can visit them. And again, most especially thank you to Jim for helping us out this afternoon. Thank and you, thank Jim. You. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Thank you for this. And thank you to our viewers on Facebook, right? Like, Lots of bloopers when we started. <laughs> I, I the, that is the thing about live, Miss. Like, <laughs> right? You can't really it's, but it's her. always fun. I mean, bloopers are Thanks. a good, uh, I know, parang icebreaker for all the things yeah. that is happening last year and this year. Again, thank you. Thank you to our listeners, to our viewers. And till next episode, thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. That wraps up this episode from Wicked Thoughts. Make sure to subscribe and join the host on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flair. That's patreon slash F-L-E-I-R-E for exclusive content. Tune in for more Wicked Conversations right here at Wicked Thoughts.